Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 18 of Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to be reading from Genesis 2, verse 18, through verse 20 to start. And it says in Genesis 2:18, And Jehovah God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. It will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground... Jehovah God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. And I'll stop reading there. Now, we've been looking at this. And, of course, again, we know this is true history. This is God's record of the creation of the world, of the creation of man, the creation of the creatures, even the naming of the creatures as God had Adam call the creatures or, or give the creatures their name and whatever name, whatever name Adam gave them, that was their name. And yet there's also a spiritual purpose in view here or lying underneath, um, this, this, um, gathering of the creatures. Uh, and of course God would have moved the creatures to go to Adam. Adam would have said, well, this is um, a cow or, or, or this is a dog or, or, or this is an alligator. And, and, and of course, uh, using the language that, that he spoke, that God had given him to speak. And it, that would have been the name of the creature. But, but spiritually, um, there's a deeper level, a deeper truth, a deeper teaching that's, that's going on. And that is finally after all of the creatures have been brought to Adam, and this would have been all the creatures in the world, for Adam there was not found a help meet for him. And, and, and so it was as though God looked everywhere and, and God searched the whole earth and all living creatures on the earth. And, and of all of these living creatures, there was not one single help meet for Adam. There was not found help meet or suitable for him 
is really how we can read that. God did not find help suitable for him. And there, there was no answer, uh, as, as far as Adam was concerned with all these creatures. Now in our last study, we looked at the word help and we saw that it often identifies with God's salvation. That when God is our, our, uh, strength and our shield, He is our help, that, uh, as it says in Isaiah 49 and verse 8, this, this verse is, uh, right to the point. In Isaiah 49, 8, thus saith Jehovah, in acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee. God's help for man is salvation. It is the help man desperately needs. And and when God is looking for help suitable for man, for and the man, Adam, would, it, it, he's a really a dual picture. He is a type and figure of Christ. But Christ also can be um, seen as the body of Christ or, or everyone that God has saved is Christ. They, they are his body. How beautiful are the feet of him that brings glad tidings of good news. How beautiful are the feet of them. They're spiritually identified one and the same because those that God saves are of his body. So Adam is Christ. Yes, looking for a wife, a spiritual bride, and, and, and yet also Adam is in need of salvation, or God is looking ahead to his elect people who will desperately need the help of salvation, and there is no help found for them of all earth's creatures, and that would also include the people, as the animals uh, are used by God to typify people in the Bible. In Isaiah 63, again, here is basically um, the the spiritual definition or the spiritual um, picture that's in view with all the animals being brought to Adam, yet no help is suitable for him of all these animals. In Isaiah 63, verse 5, And I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. God's own arm, who would be Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, Jehovah God himself, he looked for help, but there was none to help. And therefore, his own arm brought salvation or brought the help that was necessary. And 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 again, that's what's in view. We could all also perhaps look at the bringing of all the animals. And another way of looking at this is that, that God commanded... There to be animal sacrifices to his people. They were 
to offer up sacrifice and those sacrifices were animals of various kinds. There, there were some turtle doves and some rams and some, some sheep and, and ox and, and various animals were sacrificed and, and Israel, um, some within the nation of Israel who were commanded to offer sacrifice fell into the trap into the snare of thinking that the offering up of the sacrifice was um, sufficient. It was enough to make them right with God. God would overlook their sins as long as the high priest went inside the Holy of Holies and sprinkled the blood of the sacrificial animal. And yet God tells us in Hebrews in chapter 10 that um, concerning the blood, of animals in sacrifice I'll, I'll read it he says in hebrews 10 in verse 1 for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers, once purged, should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again, made of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. God very clearly says it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats or the blood of animals to take away sin. Animal blood, even though the animals themselves are not sinful uh, because God didn't give commands to the animals and and so they have not sinned yet they're not uh they're they're not men they're not created in God's image so it's not within the realm of possibility that a sacrificed animal could take away the sins of a man and and that also can be in view here. God brings all the animals to Adam. And, and if Adam were to sacrifice a goat, a ram, an ox, a cow, a sheep, um, a, a dove, a pigeon, it, no matter the animal, it, it, there is no help suitable for him because it's not possible for the sacrifice of an animal to take away sin. And in other words, with this language of all the animals coming to Adam, and then God um, finally stating, but for Adam there was not found a help meet for him, that is, there's not found salvation. In 
the sacrifices or in uh, mankind, in any of man's religions, in, in any of their superstitions, in, in any of their spirituality. There, there is no salvation out there in this world in any place and there never could be. There, there just never would be salvation in anything else. But the Bible tells us there is only salvation one place. And, and again, in Acts chapter four, it says in verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Adam was giving names. You, you are, um, the, the rabbit. You, you're the squirrel. Adam was giving this name and that name. Well, there's no salvation in any other name given among men whereby we must be saved, just the name of Jesus, just the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will save his people from their sins. And and so God, um, it, it, there's none to help. There, There's none to help Adam. There's none to help God's elect. There, There's none to help man's fallen sinful condition that God knows full well will shortly occur and and all the the terrible consequences that will follow the the ugly results of sin and death that will come upon the world that will impact every human being in Adam already at the point of Adam's fall and therefore God takes it upon himself. God takes it upon himself to provide the help. In Hosea chapter 13, verse 9, it says, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. God is speaking to Israel. And we could understand this to also be a word to the Israel of God, the elect. And we have destroyed ourselves because we're sinners like everyone else. And we have brought death upon ourselves. We're children of wrath, even as others. And yet God says, but in me is thine help. And isn't it interesting that God says in him, in his person, in his being, is where the help is to be found. And what do we find? And we're going back to Genesis chapter 2 now, to the next verse, verse 21, and following, where we see that the help is within Adam. It's in him, because God takes his rib from inside him and makes the woman. Well, in Genesis 2, 21, it says, and Jehovah God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs 
and closed up the flesh thereof in the rib, which Jehovah God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. We're going to take this just um, a piece at a time, beginning with the first part of verse 21. Jehovah God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And we see the word caused. It's it's not in the original Hebrew, except um, in, in the word fall. It, it has in mind uh, made to fall. And if God made um, a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, he caused it. So so that's accurate. It, it is God's doing. And the word cause shows us that, that this was God's purpose. That this was God's doing. Um, he, he's the one behind everything. And, and that's true. Jehovah God caused a deep sleep. To fall upon Adam. Now the, the word deep sleep is 8639 in Hebrew of Strong's Concordance. And it's uh, found a few places. Now one, to begin with, I want to, I want to go to the New Testament, which isn't the same word, but it, it's the same two English words in Acts chapter 20 and in verses 8 and 9. We have a young man that is listening to the Apostle Paul preach very late into the night until midnight. And it was on the Sabbath day. It was on Sunday Sabbath. And uh, the fact that Paul preached to midnight does show us that Sunday um, up until midnight is the Sabbath. It's a 24-hour period in which we should, uh, as much as possible, take spiritual benefit from well uh, he he got tired this young man and it says in verse 8 of acts 20 there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together and there sat in a window a certain young man named eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep and as paul was long preaching he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. And, and then, um, he, he came up again. He, he began to live again. And, and so God had given Paul that miraculous power to do that. This man was dead and God joins together the fact that he fell into a deep sleep and death. His deep sleep turned into death, even though he came back to life or was resurrected from the physical death. And and so that's helpful for us with the idea of a deep sleep and death. And uh, that that is what God has in view, but we want to, Look a little bit further at deep sleep in the Old Testament in Isaiah 29, Isaiah 29, beginning in verse 10. It says, for Jehovah hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep 
and has closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered, and the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee, and he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee, and he saith, I am not learned. In Back in verse 10, Jehovah poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes, the prophets, rulers, and seers. And the vision of all would be a reference to the Bible that is like a sealed book to them. And here God is telling us about spiritual death. Spiritual death uh, is that man's eyes are closed to the words of the book, the Bible. And when Adam and Eve eat of the forbidden fruit, they will experience spiritual death in their soul existence. They They will die spiritually. They will lose life spiritually. And basically, the the Bible becomes closed to them. The Word of God, they're they're blind to it, following spiritual death. Also, when God brings a judgment on the church, and he strikes them with blindness. And that's why Isaiah and and the New Testament picks up the the language of, um, you have eyes, but see not, and ears, but hear not. It's describing spiritual death um, concerning those that have entered into the congregations, into the churches of the world. When God judges the church and his spirit comes out of the midst at the time of the end, at the beginning of the great tribulation, when judgment begins at the house of God, it's like a deep sleep has fallen over the congregations and their eyes are closed that they now cannot any longer understand the words of the book. Or there cannot be hearing of the the word of God or seeing we could add to that because that would be salvation. And, and so to have your eyes closed in a deep sleep is a form of spiritual death that all unsaved men have experienced and those within the churches experience with God's judgment and also at the time of the final judgment of man, the deep sleep would be complete total annihilation. You're, you don't know anything about anything anymore because your eyes are closed forever. Well, that's, that's how this word Deep sleep is used in, in 1 Samuel chapter 26. There's, um, uh, interesting historical, uh, chapter here where, where, uh, David has been running from King Saul. Saul's been pursuing him and, and, uh, pers- the word pursue is the same word as persecute. Saul is persecuting David. By pursuing him with evil intent, and he wants to destroy, he wants to kill David. That's persecution. 
and and it's both um, translated that way as far as pursue and persecute in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But here, let's read in 1 Samuel 26, beginning in verse 7. So David and Abishai came to the people by night. And behold, Saul lay sleeping within the trench, and his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster. But Abner and the people lay round about him. Then said Abishai to David, God has delivered thine enemy into thine hand this day. Now, therefore, let me smite him, I pray thee, with the spear, even to the earth at once, and I will not smite him the second time. And David said to Abishai, Destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against Jehovah's anointed and be guiltless? David said furthermore, As Jehovah liveth, Jehovah shall smite him, or his day shall come to die. For he shall descend into battle and perish. Jehovah forbid that I should stretch forth mine hand against Jehovah's anointed. But I pray thee, take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water, and let us go. So David took the spear and the cruise of water from Saul's bolster, and they got them away. And no man saw it, nor knew it, neither awaked. For they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from Jehovah was fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill, afar off, a great space being between them. And David cried to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Answerest thou not, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who art thou? that criest to the king. And David said to Abner, Art not thou a valiant man? And who is like to thee in Israel? Wherefore then hast thou not kept the Lord thy the king? For there came one of the people in to destroy the king thy lord. This thing is not good that thou hast done. As Jehovah liveth, you are worthy to die because you have not kept your master Jehovah's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the cruise of water that was at his bolster. And God here is giving us a glimpse into history when David and Abishai, who is one of Joab's brother, snuck into the camp of Saul and they could have killed him And Abishai wanted to, let me smite him with the spear. And yet they did not. They they came back out of the camp and they went uh, to the top of a far hill. And then they cried out across um, a large space, an open space to Abner and Saul and, and let them know what they had done. And we find our word, deep sleep, um, because a deep sleep from Jehovah was fallen upon them. And in this deep sleep, uh, they were as good as dead, uh, because God gave them up to what Saul perceived to be his enemy, David, and David and Abishai could have killed them easily. 
And so spiritually, Saul is a type of the corporate church that God brings into a deep sleep. And they're, they're spiritually blind. And here, uh, that would have to be the spiritual picture. It is again God's judgment on the churches and congregations closing their eyes to truth, which leads to a separation from David. And David is a type of Christ and the people of David, the body of believers. And, and notice Verse 13, David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off, a great space being between them. What does that sound similar to? It reminds us of the rich man in hell in Luke 16 when uh, there is a separation made between him and the beggar Lazarus. Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom afar uh, off and, and he's told that there is a great gulf fixed between us and you. Well, we'll, we'll have to pick this up, Lord willing, when we get back together in our study of the book of Genesis. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.